welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 41 no. of M-Class Email. No, that's a lie. That's not been that many. It's episode 87 Wait, of what? M-Class Email. It just jumped up, like, double. Like, more what? than double. did it? Are you interlighting me right now? Am I am I jumping ahead in time? Yeah. Do That's... you know what to do with your sunscreen, young man? <laughs> it's episode 31. 31? Fuck, I knew it. It's episode 31 of M-Class Emails. This is a program where your two hosts, Jeff... And me, uh, Josh... Had to think about it. Yeah. We sit down with your emails, answer your questions, tell you whether we would pitch or ditch your suggested episode ideas. There's all kinds of formats to this. There's like no rules. No, really. and we also read um, fake Star Trek characters' messages. <laughs> They're real to me, damn it. It's real to me, damn it. <laughs> That's some old ass internet. It play. is. So let's jump right into it, shall we? Yeah, let's jump into it. Our first email is from Jack, uh, but Jack? Not, not Jack Carpenter, but no, a I different know him. Jack. Okay. Who's, uh, the title of the email is Fuck Vic Mignogna. <laughs> okay. Who's Vic Mignogna? He's the guy who does Star Trek Continues. He plays Kirk on it, and he produces it. Oh, okay. Hey, Trek boys. Trek boys! I was just catching up on some M-Class email when I heard y'all mention Vic Mignogna. I feel the need to mention that there are dozens of credible stories about him taking advantage of his underage fans at conventions, generally oh 14 to 17 years old. The dude's 56. Oh, no! I can't fathom how he still gets worse work since these stories are brought up every time there's an announcement of him working on a show or attending a con. Just figured I'd let you guys know. Thanks, I Jack. I don't even know who that guy is, but now that I know this, I'll probably remember who he is because he <laughs> diddles kids. Uh, I did not know that about him. I knew everybody thought he was an arrogant prick, but I didn't know he was also yeah. a handsy pedophile. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, he's 56? Jesus. I don't even know what this guy looks like. He doesn't look 56. That's good, I guess, for him. <laughs> I don't even know. Jack. Wait, what's his name? Vic Mignogna. Vic, sorry, I don't want Vic. M I G N O G. I got it. I got it. All right. I don't oh, know. Man. He, he looks in some shots like he could be 56. <laughs> he, he, you know who he looks like? He looks like uh, the singer from the Goo Goo Dolls, but like after a car accident. Yeah, you know who else he looks like? The guy from Hell's Kitchen. Oh, uh, the chef. Yeah. Uh, Ram- Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. He looks, he looks like, like Gordon, Gordon Ramsay and uh, Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, fucking weird, dude. <laughs> get uh, a better face, dude. <laughs> get a better face. He also does anime characters a bunch, apparently. Oh, He's he the does. voice of a bunch of anime characters. Well, there's your first problem. Whoa. <laughs> There's your first mistake right there. Thanks for the heads up. I'll start hating him immediately. <laughs> I already hate him. Our next email is from Phantom Thief Goofus. Ah, uh, the Goofus. Love that Goofus. <laughs> it's titled mm. Incoming Transmission. Okay. Ahoy, Trek boys. Check under your seats real quick. Appar- oh, shit. 
Underneath your chairs are huge space diamonds. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Again, every diamond is a space diamond. Uh, also, diamonds aren't worth money anymore? No, diamonds are the most worthless substance in the universe yeah. since carbon is every goddamn where. Also, um, money doesn't exist, so... Yeah, we I, don't need money. I thought I should pay you for that free airtime I stole from a couple independent content creators. It wasn't nice. very cool, TM, of me, and for that I'm sorry. <laughs> you trademarked very cool. <laughs> and, uh, the diamonds are a bit hot, so maybe wait a bit before taking them to a fence. Thiefly yours, <laughs> Phantom Thief Goofus, founder and CEO of Cool Crimes, Inc. And again, there's a little ghost emoji next to it. Why is there a ghost? Because he's a phantom. Oh, he's a phantom. I get it. Yeah, I don't know where the fence is in, in this part of the g galaxy. I don't know where, where anything is in this part of the galaxy. We're just hovering over the dune buggy planet. Would it be racist to ask a Ferengi where the fence is? I feel like that would be offensive. <laughs> Because they don't all know where the fence is, right? I mean, they can't. Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> I love that I can hear you slapping your table. <laughs> it's, it's like, where do you go to like make, a, make it be like legit? Where do I launder my goods? Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I think the podcast is over. Bye! So. <laughs> now, we have, we have another email. <laughs> It's from Captain Drack of the SS Battleaxe. Oh, he's back! The title of the email Captain is... Captain Drack is back! The title of the email is 51st Drax. <laughs> That's a good movie. Incoming transmission. Captain Drack, SS Battleaxe. Shit. He sounds uh, angry. Sir, you had your hand on the mute button. What? Why didn't you say anything, Dross? You told us never to interrupt you and bite Kalis' third testy, Dross. <laughs> you mean I spent 45 minutes dictating my origin story to nobody? Nice. Well, we heard it, sir. I really like the part where you were stranded on that desert planet, saved the princess from a four-armed bug man, and posed triumphantly <laughs> like a Frazetta painting for three hours straight. Nice. Ah, I don't have time to tell it again. I guess I'll just have to skip to the question once more from the top. <clears throat> this is the best email. <laughs> Prepare to die, you pathetic Talarian jiggle mice. <laughs> that is, unless you tell me where you're hiding my on-again, off-again, will-they-won't-they arch-friendimous <laughs> crash space danger. <laughs> on-again, off-again. Will they, won't they, arch friend missus. Friend, friend missus. It's tough. You should trademark that. You should go to Cool Crimes Inc. and get that trademark. <laughs> Ever since our unlikely duo battle adventure, I can't get that Andorian out of my head. I can't sleep. I can't eat. And my slow motion explosion leaps have been completely off. Oh, I hate when that happens. Our fight was cut short, and my battle balls are as blue as that taut yet supple unkicked ass. <laughs> That's poetry right there. Battle balls are as blue as that supple yet unkicked ass. Wait, what it's was beautiful. it? Was it? It's beautiful. beautiful ass. 
No. Supple yet unkicked ass. Okay, I got it right. <laughs> if you don't know where he is, can you help me with another problem? Sure. Do you two have any experience asking charismatic men of action out on a duel to the death? I understand you Earthers have a yearly ritual called Valentine's that involves a sneak attack on your target with a bow and arrow. Sounds pretty <laughs> cowardly to me, but I hear those Andorians are all into weird shit. Damn. I also hear they're cold and all... Sir, you were leaning on the mute button again. Damn. Son of a patak. Anyway, since my escape from the mirror universe, I've been exploring my creative side. If you see space danger, pass on this poem I wrote. Roses are red. Chronosian stab vines are blue. Are they? Space danger to battle stations. Drax coming for you. Damn, that's awesome. Disembowel you later, Trek boys. Shit. Captain Drac, SS Battleaxe. We gotta find, we have to find him for him. He's missing his friend, Mrs. Friend of Miss. Friend of me. He's gonna ask him out on a duel to the death on Valentine's Day. That's the most Klingon romantic thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Do we have any advice? Do we have advice about how to do it? I like to, like, at least pretend I don't care about the person. So pretend you don't want to disembowel him. Yeah, I like to just, like, play it cool, you know? Sometimes <laughs> I play it cool. disembowel you later if I really feel like it, I guess. Yeah, like that, yeah. Like, I like to, like, just try to play it cool. I don't always play it cool, but, like, you know, shit happens. <laughs> I mean, don't uh, like don't neg him though, right? No, like you don't, don't. It's a fine neg line. Him. Yeah, it's a fine line. You don't want to like. Yeah, that's bad. Um, <laughs> it seems like you guys got a weird sex thing going on. So keep that up. I mean, it's it's gonna be weird. Like anyway, <laughs> not because like of any like particular reason, but like it sounds like there's a lot of like pent up. Like, oh, for sure. Ag aggression there. Like, that that could get weird. Like, I, I think you overly need, aggressive. I think you need to face facts that maybe you don't want to disembowel Crash Space Danger. Yeah. Maybe you want to hug him a little bit. Maybe you want to hug him, kiss him, kiss squeeze him. him. Squeeze that boy. <laughs> maybe you want it. Maybe you just want to hug and kiss and squeeze. Maybe he's not ready for that, though. You know, maybe he's got to work through some of this first, and then he'll come to his own conclusions. Maybe. I think you just need to sit down with Crash Space Danger after a long and violent battle. Yeah. And tell him how you really feel. Share a root beer. Share a blood wine. With, or a blood with wine. With each other's blood in it. Ugh. Does blood wine have real blood in it? I'm gonna uh, guess so, right? Probably. I never had it. I feel like the Klingons are pretty, pretty literal, like, literal about stuff. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's a lot of mystery in that, right? I gotta <laughs> say, I think your best bet is to go down to the malt shop with your best sweetie. Split a nice chocolate malted with Crash Space Danger. And Do you tell like him, malted? Tell him you think he's the keenest. I don't really like malt. I like malts. It's all right, but I don't really. It's not like my first. I like peanut butter. Oh, peanut butter milkshake. Fuck me, dude. 
I mean, I will. I mean, we we <laughs> had to deal with this on our own way, and I mean, I found personally, you just hug, hug it out, hug it out, just man. Hug it out, and then go into the holodeck and work out your frustrations, <laughs> right? <laughs> work out, work out your frustrations. Um, yeah. Just tell him you think he's the keenest, and ask him if he'd like to go steady. Give him your your Klingon Letterman jacket, which yeah. I guess is just like a big K on it, right? For Klingons, <laughs> Klingon it's high. Big, it's got a big Q on it for Kronos. Q Kronos, yeah, like like fucking Archie has an just, R for Riverdale. That's what Richie Cunningham did, and it worked yeah. out for him until he got shipped off to the army, <laughs> and they replaced him with uh, Marcy Darcy's husband. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? You, well, in the Happy Days, like, they brought in a new character. It was, like, Richie's cousin, and he was played by uh, Marcy Darcy's husband, whatever his name is, Darcy. Jefferson. The first one? Jefferson. Jefferson oh. Darcy. When was this, it man? It was, like, the last season for good reason. <laughs> yeah, because, like, they didn't want to... Was that the one that was all about, like, Fonzie at that point? Yep. Like It was, like, every episode was a Fonzie episode. It was Fonzie and his sidekick, Potsy. Yeah. Going on adventures. <laughs> so dumb. Jumping sharks and shit. Fuck that. Yeah, live your life like Richie Cunningham did until he died in Vietnam or whatever. <laughs> Or Korea? Korea. I don't know. Definitely Korea. <laughs> no, I guess it wouldn't be because rock and roll didn't really exist when that was a thing. I guess it had to be Vietnam. Well, no, the show takes place in the 50s. Yeah, so Vietnam was getting going at like 63. I don't so know. So maybe it was then. I don't know. Early 60s is still like late 50s, right? Like Pretty things much. were still similar. It's. <sighs> It was probably I don't know. I don't it had know. to be Vietnam. It had to be. He died in the war. Did he die? He didn't. He just went so. to the army. I, I think, think he, he just drafted him. I think he joined it of his own free will. What an idiot! Whoa! I mean, you're not wrong, but what are you, my grandfather? <laughs> Why would you do that? There's no reason There's a to war do that. One. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop! Don't go to that. It's bad. Our next email is uh-huh. from David S. Mm-hmm. Uh, who titled the email The Inner Tight <laughs> In Apostrophe E-R Tight Okay Like inner light, get it? I get it, is it like a vaginal thing? Is that mm-hmm. what we're going for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it I get it. The boys of Satellite M I was very mm-hmm. excited to be able to vote on this latest collection by being a patron on patreon.com slash podcast. Free commercial. Hell yeah. Support your favorite boys today. Rule of acquisition 33, people. It never hurts to suck up to the boss. That's right. Josh, your recent bit about conspiracy theories is like some sweet, sweet umox to these lobes. <laughs> what did I say? I don't even remember. You were talking about conspiracy theories and how you believe in all of them. That's, that sounds like what I said, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with, that's what I said, sure. <laughs> a slow drip of alien revelations, the boundaries of artificial consciousness and intelligence, and ancient aliens junk to desensitize us when those truths are finally undeniable. Oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, I do remember that. 
Are there any specific Trek episodes that inspire more thoughts like those? Could the inner light be another hit of exposure to the simulated lifetime technology that the Matrix helped popularize in the social consciousness? Could Quetzalcoatl truly have been an alien on Earth at one time, and does that episode help prepare us for his return? (laughs) Quetzalcoatl? I forgot about Quetzalcoatl. (laughs) There's an episode of Voyage True Afterlife awaiting us? Does Bellana's journey through Stovacor warn us that hell basically looks like what everyone thinks it does? Rule of acquisition number 208. Hopefully the powers that be are tipping their hand about doing some sweet photonic cums in holiday. Photonic cums. Get your cums on. Uh, I mean, I, I don't... I think those are all true. All of those things are true. I believe all of them. <laughs> this sounds like something Josh would say. <laughs> I believe all of them. No, I, I mean, there's, like... I think the episodes of, of TNG, like, the one where they go to that planet to make first contact, is, like, such, like, a good example of, like, what would happen here, right? Like, people would lose their fucking oh, minds. Oh, yeah. The one where they go to the planet to make first contact and, like, yeah. the, um, the nurse. powers that be, like, have this yeah. huge debate about yeah. whether to reveal to the planet and join the Federation or to keep it a secret and continue yeah. the way they've been going. And there's people who believe that, that actually, that's happened here, right? Where we've had, like, secret treaties with aliens and shit. If you were to find out that that were true, it wouldn't shock me. Like, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Because, like, look at the shock shit me. that we have. <laughs> well, look at the shit that we have, dude. Like, we have fucking space technology, like, in our hands. Like, where did that shit come from? Like, obviously, like, we know I how... I like, feel like microchips that's, that's work like, and shit, right? The the idea that like aliens gave us technology is so like regressive about like in our view of humanity. Like humans are yeah. too stupid to make things. No, we make I know things all the time. No, that's what we do. It's like part of us, right? I agree with yeah. that. It's like if aliens had made some sort of deal with humanity in the past or something. I feel like they're so like. I don't think our leaders are smart enough to keep that type of thing a secret. Well, I don't think they can as part of it, right? Yeah, like, like our leaders are absolute morons. Like That's why the there's a shadow power, government. <laughs> the shadow government made up of aliens. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't believe aliens have been to Earth. You don't think so? No. I'm a little more open to it. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were. I'm not gonna like bury my head in the sand and be like, "Nope, it could never have happened," and I refuse it. I just, yeah. I am more towards the side of I probably didn't. I mean, why would they come here? It's boring. There's <laughs> nothing here for them. We're right? just crazy monkeys throwing rocks at each other. That's all we're doing. Um, X Files had a Mandela effect slash conspiracy episode in the last season that had mul- that had Mulder give a good line about how eventually you have to establish who they are in all of these schemes. Yeah, yeah. Who is they for you in relation to the sh- slow exposure of aliens and tech, Josh? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't believe like there's like a like a big hand moving the chess pieces around, right? But I think that there could probably be, like, a general consensus between, like, generations that, like, in order to, like, if, like, let's say, like, all things being equal, like, aliens did show up here and then, like, in the 50s or the 40s after World War II and we were like, okay, we can't tell people about this. We need to, like, slowly adapt people to this idea, like... Maybe there's some kind of rule book. Maybe there's like an alien version of the Prime Directive where they're like, "Look, 
try to do this stuff to get people ready, right? Make movies about aliens. <laughs> Make shows about aliens. Uh, we're going to fly around in the... almost always villains and everything. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, we'll fly around in the, in the sky and they'll take pictures of us and stuff. Uh, that's <laughs> what we're going to do. aliens are like, here, make movies about us to get people <laughs> ready. And they're like, they didn't yeah. say they had to be the good guys. Yeah, you could just... <laughs> Independence Day. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think, like, it's that deep. Um, the, the thing that always comes to my mind when people talk about there being like a bigger conspiracy to hide aliens mm-hmm. is that um, nobody stays in these positions for that long. So like right. every time a new like head of defense comes in, they have to be like, hey, by the way, aliens are real and you got to do this shit. Yeah, that's and eventually like they they wouldn't nobody goes in and dies like right. nobody goes in and then mysteriously dies, which was is what would happen if somebody came in and they were like, aliens are real. We got to tell people. Yeah, that them. there are there are stories about that, though. I mean, I don't know if they're like they're true or not, but like that would indicate, though, that like the aliens are in charge and they're the ones guiding us. Right. Which could be. Who knows, right? Like, maybe they're like, it's not time yet. You guys aren't ready. Because we're not. Like, can you imagine? Oh, aliens exist. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to go murder a bunch of people The government came out and they were like, hey, we found, uh, like, this alien wreckage and shit. It's real. And everybody was like, who cares? Trump's a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, a lot of people would lose a lot of money, and that's the main reason, right? Because people would be like, well, guess what I don't need anymore? To pay taxes. (laughs) Everything goes to not paying taxes with you. I don't think that would happen. I'm telling you it would. People would be like, I'm not paying taxes. Well, what do you pay taxes for? What would be the point? Roads. Yeah, you pay taxes for the military, too. Would you want to do that? What would you need it for? I don't want to do that now, Josh. I do it anyway because I got it. Why am I the one who's the bad guy who doesn't want to pay the taxes? I don't want to pay the taxes either. (laughs) You just said I'm the one who's always bringing it up. You are. You're always like, if aliens were real, we wouldn't pay taxes, and I that's, love that. That's like an over, but that's like like a, a a generalization for like people would stop going to work. Like people would wouldn't do anything anymore. There would be people who would like commit suicide. And there mass. would be a lot of suicides. There would it would be, be chaos. A shit ton of suicides. It would be fucking chaos. There would be uh, there would be like quite a large po- population of people who slept walked through their daily lives from then on. Regardless, yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like people they would, would conti- stop like, functioning. I mean, they would continue going to work, paying taxes, doing all this stuff. They would just be like blind to it. Like how we're blind to like climate change and stuff. Like so- half the. S- like, four scientists would come out and be like, actually, the government's wrong. There aren't aliens. <laughs> yeah. And everyone would believe those four scientists. Right, people would choose to believe the, the thing. Yeah, that, and yeah. the aliens would be like, but we showed ourselves on TV. What's up? Yeah, we landed on the White House lawn, right? <laughs> like, we showed every. Why don't they believe in us? And they'd be like, we told you or they weren't ready. <laughs> yep. We're not. We're not. <laughs> We're just not. I would like it's to see like, it. It'd be fun. It'd be kind of fun to watch. I don't know, man. There's. It's just like the the president of the United States keeps like like Richard Nixon. Let's let's use him as an example. Mm-hmm. Just got completely fucked over by his own stupidity, mm-hmm. and yet I'm to believe that he knew about aliens and kept it a secret. Maybe and he didn't. Maybe he didn't know about them. So we're getting back to the shadow guy. Maybe not every... Well, I mean, there is, like, compartmentalization in the government, right? Like, maybe there's, like, 
certain times people don't know stuff. Who I don't know, man. So like I don't know. Mil- I guess nobody really knows, but I guess like in your summation, it's like the military knows about it, but like right. the political side of the government doesn't. You should watch um. There's what's that mini series? It was on Sci-Fi uh, a while ago. Steven Spielberg did it, and they kind of like talk about like how it gets passed down, right? Like. It's like this, like secret cabal, right? The cat just knocked my fucking microphone over. Cool. <laughs> Your cat's like, don't tell them. Don't, don't tell them. <laughs> They're gonna come for you. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, it, it's just it's fun to to think about and it's sure. fun to play around in. Whether or not, like, I, mean, I believe there are people that. who would murder someone over this. Like, oh like, yeah, you don't believe it? <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Like a lot of people who like. I know some people who go like UFO conventions and shit. Like I know people are like really into it. It's fun stuff. People get a lot of kicks out of it. <laughs> I'm not like a lone gunman or anything like that. No, I don't think I don't think anybody's getting that from you. I think you're just an open-minded person who's been brainwashed by our government to not <laughs> tell the secrets that you, fu- so you knew one day. I wouldn't be shocked. Honestly, though, like, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, if they were, like, like 50 years from now, they were like, oh, yeah, we know the alien. I'd be like, yeah, of course you did. Like, I would not be shocked by that. I don't think I'd be shocked by that if they were just like, we knew about aliens. Like, yeah. But if they were like, we've been working with the aliens. We're best friends. I'd be like, what? That wouldn't shock me either, honestly. <laughs> that makes sense. I'd be like, okay, sure. Because you like, can't tell people. You can't tell people. Like you said, Jeff, Like you can't tell people that the Earth is getting warmer. You think you're going to be able to tell people there's fucking aliens? Well, it's just like when societies of human beings met with each other in the past, we just killed each other off because we couldn't understand each other. Right. And then aliens showed up and they were like, hi, I'm Steve. Yeah, and maybe. We're, like, we're best friends now. I just don't think that's how first contact but maybe like work out so maybe the grays are like automated like maybe the grays only job is to be like like machines like maybe they are machines like i don't fucking know maybe they're just machines like biological machines sent here to like do that right like space is huge maybe like there isn't such a thing as like wormholes and maybe we can't go like cheating physics and like einstein was right like the speed lights the speed limit right so they send these like robots out and they just like come in contact with like planets and that's their job is to like get us all ready to like deal with that i guess my question then becomes since i'm naysayer man on this podcast my question then becomes i believe all of it uh I'm like Mulder. It's all true. My question then becomes, why did the aliens create robots to initiate first contact if there's no way we can ever see one another? But maybe that's like the ultimate goal. Maybe that's like the... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you'd be asking me like why an ancient civilization decided to do something. I don't know, man. Maybe that's in their DNA. Maybe they know a truth about the universe that we can't even comprehend. Maybe it's like not just the universe. Maybe it's like extra dimensional. Who knows, man? I don't know. I just hope that if like if aliens do come here, if they've already come here, that they're a hell of a lot more benevolent than human beings are. Maybe they're maybe they're not, or maybe they are. Who knows, man? I mean, like, there's there's always that chance that like the one of the most of the big conspiracy theories aren't the aliens came here to be our friends. It's the aliens came here to subjugate us. Yeah, I, I mean, but like, look at us though. Like, like 
we're a thriving species. Like we're so thriving that we're killing the place we're living on. So like as as unbenevolent, as malevolent as we can be, like we're thriving. Like we're not the only risk of extinction is from ourselves, which like is because like we're just just too many of us. There's just so fucking many of us. I just think if there would have been any irrefutable evidence of aliens being anywhere near our planet that the government or the military wouldn't be the first ones to know. And how are they going to know someone's found out? Like scientists are constantly like completely unrelated to the government are constantly trying to prove that there's life in, mm. in the universe. One of them would find out long before. Some well, so like guy would. the NASA protocol, which is like public is to like review what it is and maybe they reviewed it. And then they came to a, a determination that we couldn't deal with it. Scientists aren't real great at that. Scientists are very much like, I'm going to make my name. That's generalizing. That that's, that's generalizing, though. You don't know, right? Maybe the government knew at that point and was like, because they have to tell the government. You can't just not tell a fucking government you found aliens. The, the thing is, like, <laughs> either way, in my way of naysaying or in your way of being open-minded, there's a whole <laughs> lot of, like, you don't know, I don't know, there's no way to know. I mean, it's impossible. There's but, there's like, pe- there's I'm, other things out there. It's, it's fucking these, impossible. Oh, yeah. It's fucking impossible that there's no aliens in the right. universe. It's unbelievably it's arrogant to think that we're the only intelligent life in all the It's universe. impossible. Um, I think we just solved the whole universe in this episode, so... Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I think the final point that I want to leave with is that we're all using the same evidence which is none right. and we're coming to two completely different conclusions which is which are both using no evidence so nobody really knows shit <laughs> that sounds like something an alien or a government person would say jeff no josh i would that's just silly you're just being silly now i think jeff might be an anunnaki anyway <laughs> would you guys voluntarily live 20 minute lifetimes what kind of lives would you try out White uh, fence with kids and a dog? Terrible poverty or disease? I already Opulence lived that one. and power? Mm, no, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do it. I would not. It seems like a fucking not a good idea. It's the thing is, like, you don't get to live them in succession. You don't get to live your real life and then live the 20-minute life. Yeah. You know what? Maybe if I was dying... There's that Rick and Morty episode where they have that video game where it's like that, which like they totally ripped from this, right? Like probably. Yeah, like you like play a guy and like the guy just lives like a normal ass life. <laughs> like if if I was in a hospital bed dying and they were like, "Here, we can give you this thing that lets you live a lifetime in 20 minutes." I'd be yeah. like, "Sign me up." It's called acid. You could do like Aldous Huxley, Hux Huxley, he Huxley. Dro- he dropped acid on his deathbed. You could probably do that. I hear he was an Anunnaki. <laughs> he might have thought he was when he was tripping his balls <laughs> off when he was dying. Uh, I don't even know if when I was dying, because I already lived my life. Like, and then yeah. I, like after the end of the life, I have to die in the fake life and then wake up and die in the and real die life. Again. Well, at least that you know. That sounds like shit. Not, you're good at it. You got some practice. I guess. I mean, like, I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? Am I in heaven? Like, what? Is heaven real? What's happening? And they're like, Grandpa, you're dying. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. I heard heaven was a place on Earth. Is that true? Um, <laughs> only if you know what it's worth. <laughs> Belinda Carlisle said that. Um, 
thanks for all you guys do. Between Josh's media empire and Jeff's art production agency, it's incredible you both had the time to watch, oh, analyze, man. and record discussions about Star Trek. What they don't know is we do this at like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it is 1.30 in the morning right now. <laughs> Um, I understand it's fun and all, but there's an economics of time, and I think I speak for everyone on the fucking planet when I say thanks for spending some time for Trek fans at large. Thank you! That means a lot. Seriously, that's cool. Yeah, it really does mean a lot. I'm sure not everyone on the planet agrees with you. Especially the aliens who are here. Yeah, especially the shadow cabal that runs our country. Yeah, see, now he's making fun of it, but he knows about it. That's what they do. (laughs) That's what they do. Just trying to throw him off the scent, man. You know how it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like trick in my brain here uh i'm gaslighting you that's what the word is i couldn't think of it thanks for the bit of soul caliber likes by the way i got a quark in the oven he's the guy who does all the soul caliber star trek characters that uh, okay he's been sending to us that's awesome remember trek boys rule of acquisition 21 never place friendships above profit that's Peace. right David S., Chief Comptroller on the USS Acquisition. I think I learned that lesson hard on another podcast I used to do. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, we have more episodes than that podcast has now. Oh! There you go. All right. Um, I forgot <laughs> to fire you, though, so I guess you're good. <laughs> you forgot. The, the letter got lost in the mail. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, our next email is from Hoteen. Oh, no. And it's titled, Help a Brother Out. No. We've been helping you enough. Trek boys. Fucking Greetings brother. from Ryza. What are you doing on Ryza? I took your advice and replicated me a floral Ryzen shirt and booked a trip to Ryza for a couple weeks. Nice. Tapon will be covering half of my show, and the remainder of the Tog Pack will do the rest. Okay. Let me tell you, it's now great Now I know here. your schedule. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Jeff, you need to come here. Bring the wife. I'd suggest Josh visit as well, but the bungalow I'm staying in is actually called the Henderson Suite. So I assume he's been. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked my way through Ryza many a time. I bought this silly little idol thing, and before I could even display it, I met the most beautiful human. Let me tell you about Kathy. (laughs) Kathy! She's so great. She's smart and funny, and a great listener. Unlike some humans, she appreciates my ears and forehead. You can tell when someone's been the rise of the first time. They always fall in love with a Kathy. Yeah. There's a lot of Kathys on Rise. Yeah, yeah. She says they look sexy. Mm. Sexy? I don't know if I've ever even been called sexy before. That's a shame. She makes my heart thump out of my side. Wait, where's your heart? (laughs) I guess it's where the Vulcan heart is on the side. Oh, that's right. That's the thing now, right? Is that from... TOS. That's from TOS? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Henderson, I need your help. Okay. We're supposed we're supposed to meet at the Tim TB Lagoon tonight. Okay. Tomorrow night. I we read got that a, wrong. All right, we got a day to plan our and what I we're really gonna do. And I really want to score. I mean, I you're on she, Ryza, man. Like that's like that's like the whole point. <laughs> I know she wants a piece of the old green peen machine. <laughs> <laughs> That actually made me laugh really hard. But, honestly, look, don't make fun of me. 
I haven't been in the Federation that long. Okay. Well, I need some advice. I don't want to mess this up. Should I, like, bring her a night egg or something? <laughs> How does this work? Jeff, I know you're out of the game, but I suppose if you have anything helpful to add, I'm all ears. <laughs> Hoteen out. Don't go all Romulan on her. Don't start talking all Romulan-y and yeah, talking about... Probably don't tell her about your green peen machine. Yeah, keep, keep let her find out that on her own if she wants to, right? Like, don't don't be all weird. Just don't be weird, dude. <laughs> don't Just, be all if like you're meeting on Riza at yeah, any location. You're yeah. going to have sex there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to like say like she's on Riza to fuck because I don't know why. She, who knows? Maybe she just likes tropical areas, but. I mean, she's, she's you're meeting, on Ryza. <laughs> nobody goes to the Tim TB Lagoon without at least having yeah. their penises and vaginas out. Yeah, there's what some, it's for. Yeah, there's some penis and vagina like uh, assumptions going on here, right? Like, just just be normal. Don't be Romulan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be yourself. Be someone yeah. cool. Be right? everyone else besides yourself. Try to not be you, Hotine. That's my that's my advice. I bet Tapon does well with ladies. Yeah, just probably. be more like Tapon. Yeah, what would Tapon do? WWTD. WWTPD. What would Tapon do? TBD. <laughs> I mean, I I can't wait to hear about how this date goes. I'm excited. Fucking, I can't wait to go to the wedding of Hoteen and Kathy. Kathy, what is Kathy like? What's she up to? What's she look like? What has she dressed? Like, She's I need like smart. a funny okay. and a great listener Gosh, that's the whole package right there i mean what's wrong he's worried man he doesn't think he's good enough oh he's her. in love oh i get it like <laughs> i don't know man just play it cool being a redhead i never have ever thought that so i don't know i never was like i'm not good enough for this person <laughs> we're, the we're the best man <laughs> that Fuck level you. of confidence huh it works <laughs> women do like confidence. Like I faked confidence and got women, so you don't even really have to have it. Yeah, it works. It definitely works sometimes, not all the time, but my wife is listening to this like women, huh? Yeah, women. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not making fun of you, Hotine. You just have to play it cool. Don't be weird, and. Just, yeah. like, don't try go to, in with any assumptions. Yeah, trying to brainwash her with your codes and shit, or whatever don't you guys do. Don't get her court-martialed. Yeah, that's number one. Yeah, that's number one. I'm pretty glad that they dropped the court-martial, but yeah. I'm still holding a bit of a grudge, so if I mean, Kathy it, doesn't put out, you know, maybe that's for the best. Maybe it's karma. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just... Maybe, maybe we should call Kathy and tell her about it. Maybe her name's Kathy Pennington. <laughs> maybe I got a cousin. What? Oh, your cousin Kathy. I forgot about her. Maybe it's her. Who knows? Maybe I sent her there to completely ruin your time on Rise. Uh oh. We have like a freaking uh, what's that movie where like it's like someone gets paid. It's like every movie. Someone gets paid to date somebody, but then they fall in love with them. I actually didn't do any of this. Okay, good. I would have felt kind of bad about. I that. don't even have a cousin. Well, don't tell him that. He needs to be worried. This is what they like. Romulans like this shit. They like duplicity. Yeah. This is probably like making the old green peen machine just really <laughs> hard. 
Dude, yeah, I'm not good at doing voices tonight because my throat's all messed up. That's all right. We're all everyone's sick. Everyone who does this <laughs> show is sick. Um, our next email, obviously, is from Tapon. Of, of course. It's it's I entitled Tapon's message to you. Okay. Uh, of course it is. Yeah. Ensign, we got that, Tapon. You sent it to us. Ensign Pennington. Ensign Henderson. <laughs> this is Tapon, host of the Tapon's radio program and temporary host of Hoteen's Morning Flyby, featuring <laughs> Hoteen and his Targ Pack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> it is, is that the sound effect? Is that the is that yeah. the like soundboard? Yeah. Well, no, he has to say it. It's like in quotations, yeah. so he's saying it. He's oh right, because oh, it's like it's the type he has to read, right? But he can't because yeah. he's like Vulcan and he can't do anything right. Oh, de- god damn! We got a real spacist on board today. <laughs> it is well known that I find Hotine to be exasperating. It is difficult to discern what is truth and what is deception with him, and I often spend hours attempting to sort out the two. However, in the past two weeks, he has found a new way to test my patience. Hotin has been lamenting his solitude. He claims that no one understands him, nor his predicament. Clearly, Mm. the logical solution to this is for him to move back to the Romulan Empire. Yeah, go home. (laughs) Go home, gamer girl. Jesus Christ. His kind long ago abandoned logic, so his reaction was not unexpected. Mm. He stated that you two suggested he go to a planet devoid of nothing but carnal pleasures. Yeah, he did that one. I must applaud your reasoning. I realize you will harass me for that exclamation point, but I could not hold back my surprise. Mm. When you were faced with one who rejects logic, you gave him an illogical solution. A fascinating (laughs) use of reason. A paradox of sorts. Almost feels logical, doesn't it? Yeah, it's almost like we circled around back to logic, huh? Yeah, it's like this, like, infinite Mobius strip of logic. Round ears, unite! (laughs) Terrans, go! However, I am now tasked with hosting my own show as well as hosting the first half of Hotine's show. If you would indulge a small plug, Hotine had scheduled some smaller-than-average Tellarites to interview this week. (laughs) He planned on making them play a listener-favorite game, Vulcan or Vulcant. (laughs) Tiresome. In addition, Hotin has supplied me with ad reads while we fly over unaffiliated planets. One in particular is governed by a species who value rest above all else. Their monarch Mm. has arranged the following advertisement in exchange for broadcasting privileges. (laughs) If comfort is on your case... Why do I feel like I'm in a fucking production meeting right now? (laughs) (laughs) If comfort is on your case, come to Couch Kings. We've got <laughs> furniture for every space. Thank God. That was a good read. That was a good read, Tavon. <laughs> he also wrote a short one. I'm Sofa Kingdom. <laughs> that one doesn't even make sense, but I have given up on trying to make sense out of Hotin's antics. Good call. Live long and prosper, Tapon, Tapon's radio program, Hotin's morning flyby featuring Hotin and his Targ Pack, Au, USS <laughs> Tapon's radio program. Wow. I mean, 
was there a question or what? <laughs> I think we was just he was just telling us what's up. Oh, he's like updating <laughs> us. I get it. Yeah, he, yeah. He was congratulating us on our illogical solution. That's as complimentary as it gets for a Vulcan, right? I like, guess. I felt complimented. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He said we like did something right, even though it was passive aggressive because that's Vulcans, right? Like he was like, "You did a good job, but you didn't mean to." <laughs> that's <laughs> he didn't basically know what we he... didn't mean to. Yeah, he kind of read that way. Because we totally meant to. That, well, it I was know totally we... on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I know we know that, but he doesn't know that. Our next email is from Boston Sean. Uh oh. Who says Trek boys? Big fan of flute solos here. Yeah, fuck yeah, like in uh, yeah. Anchorman, <laughs> or every Jethro Tull song, or the Inner Light, or the Inner Light. <laughs> this is a heart wrenching episode. But I can't help but not feel sorry for a society which has presented overwhelming evidence that climate change is going to kill them all, and still they elect to do nothing. Yeah, weird, Why? Right? The only thing more stupid than that is if the inhabitants were, in fact, the cause of said climate change. Signed, Wacky. Boston Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Boston Sean was very slowly turning to stare into the camera. Yeah. The entire time. I'm doing it. No one can see me, but I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I'm turning to the side. Mm? Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Like, yeah. I understand where the disconnect happens. At least it wasn't their fault. Unlike, unlike a somewhere separate else situation. Yeah, where it's totally our. I mean, their fault. Yeah, not ours. We're on a satellite above a different planet. Yeah, I'm. So. I'm. I'm. I just like. Like, I poop in, like, a poop room, and then it gets turned into energy somehow, so... Yeah, you poop in the poop room, and then it gets turned into our food. That's what we call the bathroom now in the future, the poop room. We felt being coy about it was unnecessary. Yeah, I'm not taking baths. There's no bath in there. It's a sonic shower room, maybe. Yeah, sonic shower room. Poop room. Uh, Poop room. J.O. room. Whiz Palace. Whiz Palace. That's that's from Parks and Rec. (laughs) Uh, our next email is from Tom. Tom! Who says, Ahoy, Trek boys. Hi. So I finally finished Deep Space Nine, and generally I thought it was great. I liked the character development. Seeing Cisco progress from somewhat grumpy to accepting his position as emissary was interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I'm finished, I got to thinking about how and why the characters have developed, and that Deep Space Nine seems to be sending a message about achieving progress through cooperation. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's almost like that's how you do it. Yeah. Cisco and the others get closer as the series continues, overcoming their differences and opinions through mutual respect. Mm-hmm. For example, accepting Bashir's enhancements, standing up for Odo throughout the war, supporting the Cardassian Rebellion, and working with the Romulans. Mm-hmm. Not capitulating in all things, but showing faith. Yep. Comparing this to the Dominion, which refuses to show faith in others, even engineering their populace so that they can trust them. Dukat continues until the very end to blame others for his situation and failings. It's always someone else holding him back. He always has a plan to make it better, and rather than working with others, he seeks to control them. That sounds familiar, too. Hmm. I wonder who that sounds like. I don't know. I don't know. Keep in mind, this episode is being recorded in 2019 in the United States. <laughs> it, so future archaeological digs that end up finding can this find this. Yeah, they'll know understand exactly what I'm referencing here. Kai Wen is the best example. She alternates between showing concern and trying to help, and con- and consolidating her own power. She's an awful, awful person. She's yeah. awful. 
She's the worst. Like you love to hate her. Terrible. She's her so evil. Her character was my favorite. You go from hating her to empathizing to pitying to hating yeah. again, and then finally pitying again. Yeah. Throughout the series, she gives the impression that she only wants to help, but again, like Ducat in the Dominion, she does not want to work with others. She Your cat is going crazy. Miles! <laughs> I'm leaving this in. This is great. He d- I can't have a cat out, I guess, when I record. I no, have to put you them can't. both up. You can't. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, throughout the series, she gives the impression that she only wants to help, but again, like Ducat in the Dominion, she does not want to work with others. She doesn't care for their opinion or needs. She just wants to make her mark and be revered. What are your thoughts? No, I mean, that's like, I think you nailed it. Like, the Federation is, is a lot of times, like, uh, labeled as, like, cowardly or, like, slow-moving, but the patience of the Federation allows for like the real long lasting change that occurs in the galaxy. Right. Like it takes time for like entire planets to like respect each other. Like it's not going to happen overnight. Right. But like you said, Dukat and Kai win one it their way right now. And that's not how it works. And that's not how anything works. Like even in the real world, like we need like to, to like live with each other for a while before we can start like, you know, making real changes here. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like, the Federation is at its heart about like cooperation leading towards development, like yeah. cooperation leading towards change, towards making things better, progress, discovery, discovery, progress, yeah, anything. science. All it's that. all about cooperation. Like yeah. the Federation is formed from four societies that have wanted nothing to do with each other, right? And well, like, two two or three societies who want nothing to do with each other, and human beings being like the glue. We're like, we like you guys. Yeah, let's all hang out. <laughs> you guys are fun. Let's hang out. We're new here. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's sort of the crux of Star Trek in a way is the yeah. Federation coming up against these opponents who refuse to believe in cooperation between different peoples. Right. They they have like, their their status quo and the Federation represents like this like disruption to that even though like the Federation is like in a lot of ways like really boring <laughs> you know like it's not like like the federation isn't like america in the sense that they're like super powerful like there's plenty of like rivals to the federation right like yeah they're powerful it's, in ideas like like america is in theory like we like, have it's scary to them though because yeah. like these societies are trying to be like isolationists they're right. trying to like basically be like our race is our society especially the cardassians because oh like, for sure yeah and like the federation is kind of revolutionary in that way and yeah. they don't want those ideals to be spread within their borders it's a lot like um like the red scare but like the like the communism of the federation is like a freedom communism right like because you're free in the Federation to have ideas and freedom of the press and speech and all that exists. Shut up! Okay, I will. <laughs> Not you. I'm talking yelling at my cat. I can't. I couldn't hear her. So she, he's driving me fucking nuts. I'm sorry. It's okay. He's just back in the back going. What's his deal? Is he there? Mountain? Does he hate Cardassians? He hates Cardassians. He's I do a too. Big fucking spacist against Cardassians. Yeah, they're kind of sucky. <laughs> It's 
<laughs> Deep Space Nine, I think, probably has the most because it's all about the politics between like the different races, the different societies, yeah. different planets. And for me, it's like the rubber. Yeah, for me, it's like the rubber meets the road of of Starfleet, right? Like you're seeing an an instance of how Starfleet handles problems like this, and like because the show is the show that it is, like there really is never a problem like the size that they have in that show, like like with the with the Bajorans and like the Cardassians, but like every problem that the Federation comes up against is like unique. And they, there's like, like entire like policies, like, like they have policies to deal with like these situations. Like they learned over the years how to deal with some of these problems, and like eventually, like, you know, they get over it. Like, you know, like it just takes time, and that's patience and time is like the factor in this show, right? Yeah, I mean, the the Federation has. A patience that these other societies don't don't have, yeah. Because I mean, like, Josh hit the nail on the head when he was talking about Ducat and Kai Wen having these goals that they refuse to wait for. Yeah, like, they don't Kai Wen has to consolidate power now. Right. Like she has to be in control now. Ducat mm-hmm. has to like gain his r- control back now, and then later he has to like. He has to embrace the Paw Wraiths and, like, release them now. Right. And they get ahead of themselves and mostly cause their own downfall. Yeah, it sounds like something else, too. That sounds familiar. <laughs> hopefully they cause their own downfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as an aside, was the irony of the Founders being able to change into any form and their inability to see change or differences in others on purpose? Yeah, I think that there's a little bit of, like, irony yeah i think there's some poetic writing involved where it's like these people can be anything but yet they they resent all the things that they can be like they hate all that stuff right like like the only thing that they truly believe matters is the link which is just goo it's just formless goo it's just boring yeah like there's nothing it's just an ocean of blob right like it's nothing and they all become one and that type of thinking fosters like isolationism again like that yeah. like we matter because we're one thing yeah and um it's insular it's not outward thinking yeah, and that's always bad it's sith sith like it's very human as well like we yeah. form our groups and it's us versus them tribal it's very tribal it's very tribal and it's it's all the more ironic like you said, because the founders can turn into anything. Yeah. And yet they don't care about it. They don't anything. care about it. Yeah, it's like, not, it doesn't matter to them. Even though Odo is like, I like turning into a hawk or whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, hawks are solid things. So what's the difference between... Yeah, what's the difference between a hawk and me, right? Like, I don't know. Not a lot. He can fly <laughs> when he's a hawk. He can. Humans can't fly, which is stupid. Remember when he thought he could turn into a hawk, but he couldn't, and then he trips and breaks his leg or whatever? <laughs> he trips and hurts himself. He has to go sure. to sick bay. He's like, I'm, I don't feel good. And they're like, well, did you eat food? <laughs> He's like, what? Gross. 
Fucking um, Odo. What a weird fucking time when they were just like, Odo's solid now. Why not? It's not such anymore. it's such like a sitcom y thing to yeah. do. It really is like a sitcom maneuver. It only, it only lasts like six episodes or it something. It feels like, like it's like, longer though, right? Yeah. Like And then they're it, like, nah, he's fine again. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool though. It it opens up the way for them to like poison the link with that and shit, right? Yeah. Like it yeah. Um <laughs> Final point: Why did Worf's flashback not include any memories of his wife? What's all? What's that all about? Wait, his flashback? When? Oh, I don't know what episode he's like in the last episode when they're like kind of going through because it's just, it's about his time there, right? Like it's not about his. I don't really know what he's talking about though either. So maybe he's got a yeah, different. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm gonna guess that they didn't include any like. Um, shots of Jadzia because her the actress had left the show. Oh, Jadzia. Right, yeah. Not his first wife who died. Uh, yeah. That, he wasn't married to her. He wanted to get married, but she refused. Classic. Yeah, she was like, we don't have to be married just because we have a kid. Yeah. And he was like, blah, 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 I'm so... I'm a stick in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna guess that they didn't show either of those actresses because they didn't have the rights to use that likeness at the time. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's why. It's signed Tom's, uh, Tom Helmsman of the USS Olympia. Oh, nice name. That's a mountain. <laughs> Olympia. Olympia Dukakis. Our next email is from JJ, and it's in parentheses, the good one. <laughs> That's something the bad one would say. <laughs> Josh is getting real paranoid tonight. Uh, getting real paranoid? More like <laughs> try being alive right now. Uh, the title of the email is DS9 Blew My World Apart. There's a lot of DS9 love tonight. Yeah, I'm feeling it. It's good. Dear Boys to Trek. We, that is so fucking weird. We were just talking about that Boys is so to Man not long ago. Fucking weird, dude. What the fuck, man? I'm. F- this is why I'm paranoid, man. They know. <laughs> fucking aliens know, dude. Think think about it this way, Josh. You're from Philadelphia. Uh-huh. We're Trek boys. How easy would it be to put those two things together and think of the Boys to Men comparison? And there's two of us. Impossible. Impossible. Gotta be aliens. It's gotta be aliens. I can't think of another way. Let's Fucking go. Fucking Anunnaki. That's right. That's Stay out of my are. computer. <laughs> I'm playing MMOs forever. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I watched through DS9 last summer, and I gotta say, it was an absolute gem of a show. Yes, it is. What better way to escape reality than a show about a hyper-nationalist religious right <laughs> consolidating power through subterfuge and deceit? I mean, that is, like, so unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of sarcastic passive-aggressiveness going on in I'm these things. It's great. I feed on it. Yeah. I have to thank you both for hyping the show up in this podcast, especially because in the course of my journey, I sucked my roommate into my delusion. I'm glad I finished that sentence. I thought it Hell ended. Yeah. And I sucked my roommate. I sucked my roommate right <laughs> off. That's cool. <laughs> Whatever. It has nothing to do with this email. I just thought you'd like to I know. just wanted to tell you. It was so nice to have someone to sob with because that shit gets heavy. Yeah, man. It's like, good. Like the alter, like that alternate universe sci-fi writer episode with Avery Brooks's incredible monologue at the Benny. end. Benny, yeah, with Benny. 
That left me weak. And that's only one emotional gut punch of countless. Yeah. Anyway, I could talk for literally ever about pretty much any facet of this show. The writing, the music, the costume design. Shouts way the fuck out the Jake Sisko shirts. Damn, he got some cool ass shirts, man. He did. I feel like Jake Sisko style is gonna like happen soon. Like oh, yeah. I feel like we're ready for it. That's the real future of style. Yeah. There's that part in a uh, Looper that always makes me laugh, where like Jeff Daniels' character, the guy from the future, is like, "All you kids do is like wear shit that like people used to wear." He's like, "I don't know. Why don't you put like some fucking like lights around your neck or something?" <laughs> he's like, "He's like, why don't you be, try being original?" That shit makes me laugh every time. <laughs> That's, That's true, though. It's always yeah. just gonna be shit people wore before. Yeah, it's just suits and ties, right? Like, like people were dressed like the '90s now. Yeah, it's weird. That's that that what really weirds me out is when I see like a like a younger person, like a younger girl typically uh wearing like like chokers and stuff. I'm like, "Oh yeah, my god." Yeah, like chokers, round sunglasses yeah, and long jeans. Yeah. Round sunglasses. I'm always like, "Really?" I was like, "I don't think that's cool." Like, I still don't think that's cool. Super high-waisted mom jeans yeah. and like a cut-off tank top so you see just like right above yeah. the belly button. Yeah, it's like just a, a halter but like just a small amount of halter. It's weird. I mean, far be it from a 32-year-old man to tell mm. anybody how to fucking dress. Yes, I am also that age. <laughs> yes. We are both... We're twins, actually. So. Yeah, like from the movie Twins. Yeah. I'm, I'm Danny the, DeVito. I, oh, I was going to say, I'm Danny DeVito. No, I'm Danny DeVito. <laughs> I want to be Danny DeVito. <laughs> no, Josh, you got to be Danny DeVito last time. Oh, fuck. You're right. Um... Uh, and the lighting and camera work are all incredible. I'll force myself to stop there for being uh, fear of being too effusive. I guess I'll have to write more emails about it. Oops. I watched a uh, uh, like when when uh, STO was coming out with the Deep Space Nine redo. Like the, uh-huh. I, I, wa- I watched like a stream where they talked about like how they like designed it because they took like the set design and like they were like they were like uh we wanted it to be exact like so they like replicated everything right and like but they were like we had to scale it up a bit because like the way they shot the show made it look bigger but the sets were like smaller which i thought was like i like all those things i like like all like star trek set design and camera yeah hell yeah so i thought that was really cool how they like the way that they shot the show made things look bigger because the station's uh, it's big right it's supposed to be big but the yeah, sets it's, su- it's supposed to look like a bigger place yeah like because it's supposed to be imposing right it's huge but like, it's like cardassian like made yes, everything. but yeah if you see photos from the set like there isn't even that much walking it's small space. yeah it's really small so in the game they like scaled it up by like like 50 percent or something like that to make it like walkable like because you wouldn't be able to walk in it right like yeah like it would get cram fucking pack yeah it's already crammed like the new deep space nine in that game is already crammed like it's much smaller like think the way i thought about it is like imagine if they just had like the enterprise d like docked somewhere and you could just go in it and hang out with all the like characters and shit yeah it would be so jam-packed you wouldn't even be able to see and that's how deep space nine is yeah it's what it's like um he continues With regard to M-Class email itself, this podcast has become way more than just two funny dudes answering questions. It's three funny dudes, because Jeff has an Anunnaki inside of him. No, I am an Anunnaki. What? (laughs) 
I did not expect the whole lore to unfold before my eyes' ears. And I'd <laughs> yep. like to say that all of y'all who write in as in-universe characters are absolutely incredible and hilarious, sold even further by Jeff's voices. Yep, you do a great job, and they also do a great job. Yeah, thank you. And, and I'm here. Them. Josh, without you, there would be no good in this podcast. What? All right, that's fucking insane. You're the best. I mean, I am pretty cool, but I'm not that good. You are. You're the best. All right, we'll kiss it out later. Okay. We'll kiss, we'll kiss <laughs> argue about it later. On top of that, I very much feel like I would watch the shit out of a Trek show written by the core of folks who always send in peyotes to the show. <laughs> it would be it would be insane. That'd be a wild fucking show. Like Rich's peyotes are always very yeah. one point for the show because you very, imagine yeah. like Tapon and Hoteen and shit. <laughs> oh no. It would be like better than Discovery though, so Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of peyote, it would uh, be a trip if there were ever to be a Star Trek with the feel of the animated series, but with slightly less fever dream craziness and more of that good, good moral quandary shit. More Quetzalcoatls. <laughs> you think Quetzalcoatl was an Anunnaki? I mean, I think definitely Quetzalcoatl was an Anunnaki. Or was I don't it know, a you're an Anunnaki. Person. Josh, I'm a cloud person. You're Quetzalcoatl being was like a lizard. He was like a snake, right? There like, that's go. the whole thing. It's like. On the pyramid, uh, the pyramids down there, like the Mayan ones, like during the eclipses and stuff, the snake like runs down the mountain. They liked snakes a lot. They were into that. They were big into them. <laughs> big into snakes now. Big, big into snakes now, guys. We're gonna go get some as pets. That's about all I got for this email, boys. Keep that satellite M afloatin'. Signed, JJ, <laughs> the good one. Thank you, JJ, the good one. <laughs> Thank you very much for that email. I'm never just going to call you JJ. I'm going to always call you JJ, the good one. JJ, the good one. <laughs> uh, P.S. Can we talk about Bashir and O'Brien's romance? Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. Yeah, nobody ships them because O'Brien looks like a human potato. Nobody ships them because you don't need to. They're already doing it. People ship Bashir and uh, Garrick. Like, that's the number one Star Trek ship. Really? Yeah. Uh, Garrick's not really, like, sexual to me. I don't know. Garrick's... Do you think Garrick fucks? No, I don't think he does. I honestly, like, I don't think he cares about that. I, could, I think Garrick fucks. I think Garrick's fucking is, like, his espionage. Like, that's what he likes the most. True. But people do ship Garrick and Bashir, and I mean, that's whatever. But I always thought Bashir and O'Brien would be a romance if anybody would be. I mean, there's that part where they're basically like, I like you more than my wife. Yeah, he's he's like, he absolutely admits that he yeah. likes Bashir more than his wife. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. It's crazy. There's, that's like, that's romance level. Yeah, that's like next level friends, which is romance, right? Yeah. Thanks for that email, JJ the good one. Good job, JJ the good one. My cat is losing his fucking mind right Is there now. like a mouse in your wall or something? No. Do How do you know? Do you have x-ray vision? I'm an Anunnaki. Of you, course I have yeah. x-ray vision. Like stick your weird forked tongue out and smell if there's a fucking <laughs> mouse in the wall. Oh god he's doing it. It's so sick. <laughs> uh, our next email is from uh, Evan. Okay. Who says, hey Trekbo. Trekbos! Long time second time. Oh wow he's counting. <laughs> I recently finished all of Voyager and started Enterprise. All that's left are the movies, and then 
He marked out Discovery and wrote, Restarting back at TOS. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Fuck you, Discovery! Yep. I was inspired to write in after listening to M-Class Email 30. You made a comment about Paris and his father not getting any closure during the finale of Voyager, something I definitely agree with. Yeah. Here's a pitch it or ditch it that would probably work best in mid-series Voyager, before they Ooh. had a way to contact Earth, or Paris had raw-dogged Torres. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's quite a way to put it. <laughs> That's when you're like gonna have a kid and you're just talking to your wife or whatever and you're like, hey, you wanna raw dog it tonight? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's like something I would do. I would yeah, say something like that. You'd say that. I'd be able to get away with it though, because I've trained people to like be like ready for my ridiculousness. Everybody knows that you're gonna say some fucked up shit, and that's great. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great until it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's great until you try and be serious and nobody will fucking. Nobody listens to me. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, Josh, oh, Josh." There's no <laughs> such thing as Anunnaki. <laughs> Aliens never were here. A plot. Paris is in the Delta Flyer scanning some anomaly that starts becoming volatile. Mm-hmm. Janeway reminds Paris that he's supposed to come home once the streetlights turn on, but bad boy for life, Paris finishes his scans. <laughs> is he wearing a leather jacket at the time? Fuck I hope yeah. so. And it says, bad boy for life, Paris, <laughs> on the back of it. <laughs> the anomaly sends him to Earth faster than Warp 10, but he doesn't become a horny slug. <laughs> Paris barely survives the trip because he's a good pilot or a rebel or something. Yeah. Uh, Paris has a meeting with the Federation, and his dad is coming home ASAP to meet him. They start researching the anomaly from Earth's side while Paris gives them very important data logs that explain how the EMH likes to sing. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> when Paris meets his dad, he explains he's much more proud of Paris since he's finally a decent Starfleet officer. Paris says that as his dad, he should be a proud of anything that he does as long as it's not joining a terrorist organization. Like Oops. I once did. <laughs> <laughs> it's tense, but they seem to reconcile. Okay. Uh-oh, the anomaly is a one-off and it's closing from Earth's side. Starfleet wants to send a probe with data to help Voyager out, but Paris knows only his piloting in the Delta Flyer can survive the trip. That's pretty cool, actually. There's a touching moment when Admiral Paris cries like a bitch and says that he wishes his son would stay, even if it means betraying what Starfleet stands for. The two Parises admit that they would never be able to live with themselves if that happened. Mm-hmm. Paris returns to the Delta Quadrant through the anomaly. En route, he flips off Nagilam, who lives in the anomaly or something. <laughs> Another Nagil... Damn it. They're, it's like the same wavelength. It's so weird. Yeah, we're all like riding the same wavelengths in the, in the Trek yeah. Boy world. It's weird, man. He returns to Voyager with his classic attitude, a renewed sense of purpose, and a bunch of hollow pornos. <laughs> B-plot, Tuvok and Neelix get drunk and talk about how sweet it was when they were one person. There's a bunch of innuendo and Neelix makes, Neelix makes a comment about being inside each other again. <laughs> All right, I was gonna. I was like, "Where's this going?" I knew where it was going, but we're de- I'm definitely gonna pitch that because yeah, I feel like I th- that would actually be a really good episode, especially Tom having to face the idea that like maybe there's some sort of a restriction, like yeah, that means that only he can go back through, like yeah, only, only the matter ship that is only right. matter that's traveled one way can travel can the other go way. through it again, yeah, or like yeah, like you said, like. Yeah, like it's like you're attuned to it, right? Like you can only like survive it because you went yeah. through it. If something else goes through it, like maybe they try and send something back through it, it and doesn't it gets obliterated. work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, and like I think you can add like that like 
Paris wants to go back for many reasons, right? Like he'll he doesn't want to abandon them. Uh, he loves what's her name? Torres. Torres. Belana. Uh, Belana. Uh, he wants to raw dog Belana. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think that would be that would be great. I would tone down the dad. I would say he's he's. I like that he's like standoffish. I think that that works well. But like, I think it would add to the end of the show. Then definitely when he's a little more emotional, like he he gets him back, right? Like I think that would be a great way to like play up his like standoffishness, his like yeah. stoicism, and like he's an admiral, his, right? His, like his, he's like, piss poor relationship with Tom Paris. Yeah. Except like Tom Paris would be like you. And nothing I ever do is going to make you proud of me, right. is it? Right. And then he starts walking out, and his dad says, like, I've always been proud of you. Yeah, you could, right, exactly. And that's, like, the only thing he says like that. Right. Maybe he doesn't hear him, right? Yeah, like, maybe. Like, he can't, like, yeah. I don't know. I I like that a lot, though. I think that's really good. Minus the two Vagnelix thing. I'd leave the Nagilum in, though. <laughs> we gotta have that Nagilum. It's me, Nagilum. I'm a weird baby or something. <laughs> Let me kill half your crew. I don't know. What am I? Who knows? We're running out of ideas in season two. <laughs> like, it would be great, though, if, like, Admiral Paris was like, you you stay here, Tom. We'll send someone else. Right, we'll send someone else. And yeah. Tom's like, well, I no, can't do that. I can't leave him. I can't, I can't leave him, right? It'd- like, maybe Tom hears Admiral Paris say, I've always been proud of you. Mm-hmm. But after he's gone, like, uh, somebody's like, Admiral Paris, like, uh, your son is like a hero. Yeah. And Admiral Paris could say, I'd much rather him just be my son. And be yeah, here. I would rather him just be here than be a hero. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't hear that. Yeah. He's already gone. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I we would... punched it up. There you go. Send um, the checks to me and Jeff. <laughs> sign it. Jeff and Josh. Yeah. Money dollars. Spell my name with a S that's a dollar, a dollar sign S. <laughs> Make the F's dollar sign somehow. Work it out. <laughs> work it out. Figure it out. They might not let you get the money if it doesn't look like your name, though. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I need, all I care about is the money. Why didn't my mom name me with an S in my name? <laughs> <laughs> There's no S in my whole name. All I care about is the money. There isn't one. That's weird. There's How many are there in mine? There's two in mine. Yeah? Is there not one in your middle name? Oh, there's three, yeah. My middle name starts with an S. That's what I thought. My middle name's Sambuca. <laughs> what? Because I like to get drunk on Ryza. Uh, hopefully that was okay, and I didn't accidentally copy a previous peyote. Even though I've listened to every episode, I can't remember everything that's come in. You guys no. rock. Keep up the fantastic podcasting. Yours truly, Rations Quartermaster Evan Chereau. Rations? Shallow Space 3. Oh. Well, I don't think that was a copy. I don't remember that ever being I've a thing. I've never heard anything like that, so that sounds great. Yeah, it's great. Good job. I apologize that I pronounced his name Chirot last time. Mm. That's a great alien name if anyone needs one. It is a cool alien. Chirot. Uh, it's Shiro, and he says, oh, I got it, you got it wrong last time, Is it but French? it's okay because I have a dumb French name. Yeah. Called Fren- French names are dumb. <laughs> Shiro. Sorry. Henry Evan. David Shiro. That's not, that's not even close to that guy. Our last email of the night is a Whopper. 
like from Burger King, buy the new Whopper for only three forty nine. You can get one dollar ten piece nuggets. Is the king out of his mind? We better have gotten fucking paid for that, Josh. <laughs> that was a good read. I just made it up. Yeah. Is the king out of his mind? That's their thing now. Is the king crazy? It's like, yeah, he's a fucking doll who walks around. Of course he's crazy. He's a haunted doll. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's, a, he's a haunted doll. Um, our next email is from Rich Masters. Oh, fuck me. The patron saint of Peyote. the Past Lives collection. Yeah. The patron saint of Peyote is Boston Sean. Oh, sorry. Um, Yo, Double J's. That's me and you. There is a fifth dimension beyond regular dune buggy enthusiasm of man. It is a dimension as vast as a Klingon dick and as timeless as two Klingon dicks. Is this another Twilight Zone intro? Fuck. In the middle ground between court-martials and great sci-fi, between kissing and butts... What? And it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his Trek knowledge. Whoa. It is an area we call Satellite M. Damn. Home to the Trek mode. Yeah. The TNG. scary door. <laughs> the scary door. <laughs> Turns out it's man. Turns out it was man. TNG Season 8, Episode 9. A wharf one this time. Oh, shit. An undercover Riker and Jordy enter a bar's back room past two tough-looking Tellarites. Yeah! Oh, we're getting some cool stuff. Cool. Into a back <laughs> office where an Orion mob boss named Yevon welcomes them. Yevon 4? Jordy passes Yevon a pad, and he examines the contents. 400 quantum torpedoes and four launchers and That's seven multi-frequency phaser banks. What the hell are they going to do with that? Kill... Start a war? Fuck. Don't give it to the Orions. They're mobsters. Pleased, Yevon passes the pad to his associate to check, a surly-looking Klingon bodyguard that turns out to be Worf. Oh, fuck. I love this already. Holy fuck. I do, too. Yevon says that he'd love to sign off on the deal, but he doesn't trade with Starfleet officers. A fight mm. breaks out, with Yevon exiting through a back door. With a look from Riker, Worf runs after him while he and Jordy fight off the gang with the help of reinforcements led by Data. What? After the confrontation, Riker rushes into the back alley to take Yevon into custody, but Worf stuns him and escapes with the mob boss. Uh-oh. Oh, fuck. My expectations are subverted. <laughs> the title is Blood and Uniforms. Oh! In the ready room, Picard and Riker discuss their month-long sting operation into the Orion Syndicate's trade and stolen Starfleet tech. Picard tells Will that Starfleet had given him the news that Worf's brother Nikolai was killed by the Orions in a random robbery on Devron 2 a week before Worf volunteered to head up the sting operation. Oh, fuck Worf. Riker is appalled. Worf never mentioned it, but it's obvious Worf would want revenge. If that's the case, Picard says, then Worf has used a criminal investigation to satisfy a matter of vengeance, and now he is wanted for dereliction of duty. <laughs> Doesn't sound very Klingon to me. Nope. <laughs> in a flashback, an infant wharf is crying after a fight with his older brother, and Nikolai teases him for being a sensitive little warrior. <laughs> I love that. Fuck you, little wharf. <laughs> Fucking Nikolai. Worf is on the run with Yevon, and they arrive at their hideout where Yevon's second-in-command, a Gorn named Grethor... That's cool. Dude, we're getting fucking everything I want. 
is displeased with the new addition to their crew. Worf Grab and the Gorn the take an instant dislike to one another, but Yevon says Worf saved his life. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. They're going to be friends at the end. They're going to kiss. <laughs> yeah, I would kiss a Gorn. It's lizards. Man, what are you saying about lizards? I don't want to kiss a lizard. Why wouldn't you kiss a lizard? I don't want to kiss a lizard that... Like, there's a... There's like a... There's like a... Uh, a, like a, a continuum, like a spectrum here, right? Like, I, Gorn is at the end. <laughs> Man, I just think it's kind of rough that you wouldn't kiss a lizard just personally. <laughs> You're gonna kiss a lizard. I mean, maybe. I mean, oh, right, because you are one. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> you forgot the bit! <laughs> it's, it's, you're using your Anunnaki magic on me, man. Uh, that's what it is. <laughs> you're glamoring me with your lizard eyes. The mob boss confides in Worf that he assumed the Klingon would have moved on by now. Worf says that opportunities for spilling blood have kept him from moving on. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. If Starfleet are on their tail, Yevon says, perhaps it's time for one last job before meeting the buyers for their stockpiled stolen tech. Cool, I hope we get like a cool like Italian job montage. <laughs> <laughs> the Enterprise responds to a distress call from a Klingon freighter carrying medical waste, materials that could be used in biogenic weapons. Oh, fucking Jesus. Who gave them that? <laughs> I guess they made it. <laughs> it's all the they poop. Poop swaths from the Klingon hospitals. Oh my god. Sick. Why are they swathing poop? I mean, pe- people poop themselves, man. Like, it happens. Um, you can make biogenic weapons out of that? Poop is a biological weapon, dude. That's you can't true. get near poop. Like, if you get near poop, you're gonna die. Like, that's how bad poop is. I mean, there's poop, like, right near your butt after you poop every time. Yeah, but, like... If you put that poop near your mouth hole, you can die from it. You'll get dysentery real fast. You'll just die. Like, you're dead. They say they were boarded by Orion Syndicate raiders who stole their wares. One of the Klingon corpses has a Starfleet isolinear chip inside him. What? When Data scans the chip, there's coordinates to a planet in the Breen system. Has Worf left them a message? Don't go there. It sucks. (laughs) Nobody's ever come back. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's very cold in all the wrong places <laughs> in a flashback an early teen wharf is telling Nikolai that he doesn't want to fight him that he isn't Klingon anymore but Nikolai still beats on him nice on the Orion ship Worf inquires if his new crew were behind the botched robbery of the Starfleet embassy on Devron 2 and Yevon says it was a terrible job lamenting the loss of innocent life when they become aware that the Enterprise is on their tail, Grethor warns Yevon that Worf must be a traitor. What? Yevon refuses to believe him, and they all transport down to the planet to meet the Breen. Blah, 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 blah. That's how they talk. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Riker's team beam down and break up the deal with the help of Worf, who chases after Yevon to gain his revenge. But before he can decide whether yes. to kill the man and gain vengeance for Nikolai or capture him, the Gorn kills Yevon for his weakness and transports away. Oh no, they weren't friends. In one final flashback, a much older teen Worf thanks Nikolai for keeping the Klingon inside, uh, inside of him alive, and Nikolai says he was just doing what an older brother does best. Beat the shit out of my younger brother. <laughs> in my experience, that is what an older brother does best. <laughs> Picard calls Worf into his ready room, wanting to know if Worf stayed to kill the man or to find the brain buyers. 
He has a commendation from Starfleet for breaking up the smuggling ring and a reprimand for his conduct, and Jean-Luc asks Worf which one he should give him. Give the Starfleet Ooh. officer the reprimand, but the Klingon the commendation, he says. Oh, that's so good. Picard dismisses him. I hope you like this one. I'm always pleased you have such a great reaction to these. I really like working on them. They're fucking great, dude. Dude, they're fucking amazing. It, like, you have not sent us an episode yet that I would not be yeah. enthralled watching. If it was I want to watch episode. these. I want to watch them so badly. Dude, I want to see a Tellarite and a Gorn and some Breen real bad. I'm a Breen for you. I'm being a Breen. Man. That's what you're into tonight, Jeff. Yeah. Wait until the podcast is over and Wait you can till... be a Breen for me for the rest of the night. I'm cold in all the wrong places, Jeff. It's true. He's very cold. Cold-blooded, like you like, because you're a lizard, man. Oh, my God. I'm doing my Breen voice, and my cat's like, oh, does that mean I, I can sit on you now? Because you're a Breen? Okay, yeah, sure, come over here. Yeah, cool. Do Breen like cats? I don't know. Maybe maybe they do. I doubt it. They don't like anything. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous of Kira and Dukat, because they like get to see what the Breen look like under their Breen outfits when they yeah. steal them. They look like Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone who loves you. Um. <laughs> somebody's getting into it. Double ox handle high fives to you both. Signed, Rich. Thank you, Rich. That was Rich, great. This is a fucking amazing episode. Yeah, I want it. I want I it to want be it. real. That's the thing. Like every time you send us an email, it's so good that I want it to be real, and it's not real, and it makes me mad. It's real to me, damn it. <laughs> it's the second time. <laughs> Is it in this episode or was it in the last? I don't one? remember. It all blends together at this point. Yeah, it's two in the morning. Two yeah. two thirty in the morning. It's so. just I'm on like autopilot at this point. <laughs> And with that, I'd like to thank everybody who wrote in today. If you'd like your email read on the air by me and reacted to by Josh, <laughs> you can ship that shit on over to mclassemail at yeah. gmail.com. Ship it over, just like Jeff and I. We ship ourselves. It's short for relationship, right? That's what it's uh, short for. Yeah, I think that's what it's, yeah. Which, like, what are we, like, lazy now? We don't say the word. We have to All right, Grandpa, calm down. Like, like I don't <laughs> like what kids do. I don't like when kids change things. I don't like... It's it, them who's out of touch, not yeah, me. It worked just fine when I was a kid. Why'd you yeah. have to change it? Why is things always changing? Uh, you can follow us on uh, the Twitter. Mm-hmm. At M-Class Podcast. Yeah. And at, with the at symbol in front. <laughs> We might have a fun guest next time for you guys. Uh-oh, that's... Podcast. Who could it possibly be? I wonder who we're going to bring on. Who's going to be on the show next time? I have no idea. Tune in next time to find out. Thanks for tuning in again, and we'll see you in one week with more M-Class. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.